Episode 55 of the Barman and Bevo podcast. Uh, I'm here with Mike Barman. Preparing, Hello, Bevo. Preparing for the hurricane. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that, that thing petered out pretty uh, pretty. Is easy. it down to a one yet? Uh, yeah, it was it was a one when it hit the when it actually moved inland. It was the last update I got a few hours ago was they were still getting 100 mile an hour winds in in North Carolina. Not sustained. Yeah, gusts. Um, but well, I've been going to the um, um, uh, the YouTube channel for the frying pan. Yeah, I saw that today. One of the guys that works on it to me. I was like, all right, I'm waiting for whatever to happen. And he's like, no, it's just a live feed. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. Well, I mean, honestly, that's what going through a hurricane is like. Right. You know, everyone's just talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. So you just want the thing to be over. Then when it's over, you don't have power or AC. Or water. Uh, sometimes. Well, that's a, I mean, my friend. You usually is, have the bottled water, but it's not cold because you don't have enough ice and and all that kind of stuff. I told you the story about my buddy Paul in Gainesville last year, right? Not that I remember. So they get they get the hurricane and he's got a, he's got a, um, a five-year-old. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Joshua's six now. He's got like a six-year-old and nine-year-old. And he goes, whatever you do, I'm going to fill up the bathtub. Don't let the water out of the bathtub. Ten minutes later, water's gone. Water's off. <laughs> the kids <laughs> emptied the, the, the bathtub. <laughs> oh, really? They were without water for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, it's great. Those kids are absolutely hilarious. Wow. So, all right. Let's dive in. Um, we got a lot of cycling to cover. Uh, Vuelta recaps. Um, let's start with with next week's events here in Atlanta with uh, Spin the District. Do you want to? I know we've talked about it the last couple weeks. Um, it doesn't hurt to mention it again. Friday night at the Dick Lane Velodrome, correct? Well, actually, we're starting with a handlebar crawl. Oh, I did see that today. Yeah, and so it sounds like a lot of fun. We'll be in Hapeville. Um, starting in Hapeville, sorry, at the uh, either the Beer Girl uh, Growler Shop, or we'll be at, and uh, we'll also be at Corner Tavern. So we'll be uh, starting there, and T-shirts will be for sale, and getting the weekend started off right. Uh, John Croom and uh, Robert Mayfield will be there. Who's Robert Mayfield? I don't know him. Uh, uh, Robert's coming. Uh, he's in based in Colorado Springs right now, also. Oh, cool! And so he's going to come do all three days. So it should be great. Nick Luther's coming too. You said. Uh, he's thinking about it. Uh, sounds like he wants to, and uh, uh, he is the SECC conference director, so he might have to go out of town. But uh, hopefully, if he does go out of town, it'll be to come here. Okay, great. Um, all right, so that's Thursday night, correct? 
that's the handlebar crawl is Thursday night starting in Hapeville, uh, t-shirt sales and that, um, I've been given permission to have some beers. Um, so that's a, that's a positive. (laughs) That you're allowed to have beers or that you're allowed to sell beers? Well, technically I'm, uh, well, I'm in charge of t-shirt sales and some of the other stuff. Okay. And then I was told I could do it. Friday night. We've got the event at the Dick Lane Velodrome. Correct. That's the spin the district, uh, Dick Lane Velodrome. Or East Point Velodrome, actually. So what 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 does that entail? How many races? It's going to be uh, four races for men, four races for women. Uh, they're going to do it international omnium style, uh, where you're going to uh, get forty points for the win, thirty eight points for second, thirty six points for third, and on down. And then that way, <clears throat> when we get into the final points race, it'll be plus twenty, minus twenty for lap riders or people that gain a lap, and then sprints will be worth. Five, three, two, one, and double points on the final. So we'll be able to keep track of the people, uh, of the racers, and how the racing is going. If so, you're if you're promoting, who's refereeing? Uh, Mr. Scott Patton. That's what I figured. Is the chief referee for the event, and Does, we should have a couple, couple more officials. Everybody, make sure you you pull out your best Serena Williams impression at at the races. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> oh my gosh. Just for Scott, he's a referee. He doesn't like taking abuse. He doesn't deserve taking abuse, except from us. Um, well, let's hope he doesn't take any points away from anyone and get called a thief. <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling he's not gonna he's not gonna withstand it as much as the chair umpire. Hey, the you know, uh, Kevin, a few months ago asked us to talk more about tennis. This is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> Were we asked to talk more about tennis? Remember after the. Um, oh. On your birthday. Uh, yes. Now I remember. We were at the Corner Tavern, I believe, right? Yes. Why don't you guys talk more about tennis? Because <laughs> that'd be really cool. I'm like, we just don't watch it. We know plenty about it. We just don't watch it. <laughs> uh, I, I, did, I had to watch the replays uh, similar, to the, similar to some of the soccer that's happened lately where I've had to do the... Uh, oh, I watched uh, the USA-Mexico game Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, did you watch the whole replay? No, I watched it Tuesday, the first half. I watched the second half on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, wow. Good for you. Well, I am I mean, at this point, it could be one of the last USA soccer matches I watch. If Woo. this thing goes down the way, I think it's going to go down. No, they look good on, uh, I thought they could look good against Mexico. It was a sub, it was two subpar teams playing each other. Um, that doesn't matter. Why right. do you play, why, then why do you keep score, Mike? Or Bevo? Why I don't do you know. Score, it was then? a friendly, it didn't mean anything. No. Oh. It didn't look very friendly to me from when I watched the replay. That is true. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll 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 cover Serena Williams in Sydney because I have some opinions and I know you definitely have some opinions on this, and I feel like they're probably the same. So um, yeah, then we're moving to Hateville earlier in the day uh, Saturday. Okay. Um, uh, all categories are racing: juniors, masters. Men, all men's categories, all women's categories. So it should be a great day down there. And, and that's then, from nine thirty to f- about four thirty. You thought from nine to yeah, nine to four thirty. And then College Park starts a little bit later. Uh, it's going to be um, just off of Highway Twenty Nine, where uh, College Park City Hall is. Uh, behind there on Princeton Avenue, uh, we're going to have our racing there, and it's going to be a great time. Awesome. And all the uh, besides the bike racing, there is going to be events. There's bands, DJs, 
um, just lots of uh, uh, lots of activities for people to do just besides the bike racing. Um, so uh, probably going to be a fantastic time. And uh, we're going to try. It's going to be difficult, but we're going to try and do. What's what's the schedule look like on Friday? Friday's the track race, so uh, racing time? doesn't start till seven. Seven till say ten thirty. Uh, probably nine 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 thirty nine. By the time we finish podiums, it'll be ten o'clock. Okay, maybe we'll. I, I I might be able to make it down there for that. So. Oh, cool. Um, I'll I'll try. Well, we and... have a, the VIP area will be rocking. We've got some VIP tickets available for fifty dollars. Includes a. Uh, uh, a few beers or wine, uh, sodas, refreshments, and uh, some food. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything coming up here for Georgia Tech? Uh, they're in the middle of mountain season. They actually have the weekend off. Okay. Uh, so they'll be uh, they'll be chilling there. Vuelta finishing up here Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Yep. Okay. Sunday. I know we got a couple stages left, so. Um, we'll, we'll start with, uh, stage 13. Um, looks like a mountainous stage, really steep final climb. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty much everything, everything in the vault is pretty, pretty hilly, pretty mountainous. Um, stage 13 ended up having some grades that were like 20%. So, um, breakaway survives. Uh, you don't, was the winner Oscar Rodriguez? Yeah, the winner ended up being one of the Pro Continental riders, Oscar Rodriguez from Uskadi Moraz. Is that the old Uskatel Uskadi team, or is it? I a, believe Uskadi is actually the phone the phone company of the Basque region. Right. So it's one one way for the government to kind of sponsor the team and provide funding for teams, but not necessarily just use cities or uh, the, using the uh, the phone company as a funding source. Still orange and blue? No, they're actually uh, like a really vibrant uh, green. Oh, going with the Basque flag then? Uh, yeah, so the kind of that greenish on the Basque flag, exactly. Okay, cool. I guess that's that's green, white, and, and red. Red, yeah, like a real dark crimson. Yeah, almost, almost and almost red. like a Christmas tree green. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty vibrant. This is a little bit vibrant than that, um, but I'm sure new technology allows you to do brighter colors than they could have when they first started making the flag. Oh, sh so. sure, sure, sure. Um, and then you, the Yates and Quintana, best of the GC guys, uh, Hirata keeps the red jersey. Correct. Uh, what team is Hirata with? I believe he was the Kofidis rider. Ah, yeah. That makes sense. So it was really hard to distinguish him from his teammates because that red of the jersey is very the leader's jersey is very similar to the red on their kits um stage 14 uh yates gets away in a breakaway yep. um off of a climb what's a farm track like a gravel road right oh kind cool. of like a um a hardened a hardened uh road that's it's it really something that you can drive your regular car on and not have any issues it's funny, you know, that we saw that, and I don't remember ever really seeing that in the Tour de France before, but we saw it this year in the Tour de France, and now we're seeing really, it. Yeah, it's really because the Giro and the Giro has been doing that, and so the Tour doesn't like to think that they got left out. 
And like to remind folks. Yeah, but now we're seeing it. Now we're seeing it in the Vuelta as well. Yeah, I believe they've done that. I believe they've done that a few times in the past. Some of the climbs that they used to use weren't paved all the way until the Vuelta came there. And then the communities chipped in to kind of uh, paint everything up. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You've got uh, Yates timed his attack perfectly, distancing his rivals and gained precious seconds. Um, Miguel in. Uh, Angel Lopez or Angel Lopez from Astana. Yeah, the Astana, the Astana rider. Yeah, the younger Astana Spaniard. Finished two seconds back. Valverde right there in third. Um, Thibaut Pino uh, in fourth, five seconds back. And Quintana uh, fifth at seven seconds. Yates is in red. Right. How much did he gain? Uh, well, he was, I believe he was uh, about 30 or 40 seconds ahead of Alberti when the stage started. So he kind of inherited the red jersey when the Kofidis rider cracked. Gotcha. Um, it's so I was reading, I don't know, I saw an article maybe yesterday. Uh, I'll get, I'll wait because we, we've got three or four more stages to cover before I ask this question. And I have a feeling it'll be uncovered here in the, in our recap. Uh, <laughs> stage 15. Um, Thibaut Pino soloed to victory at the top of oh a foggy stage, huh? Yeah, he ended up he ended up soloing in, and no one really followed him. So did they lose him? Uh, <laughs> Couldn't see him. Didn't well, know they where were he was. Kind of marking each other, and Pino was down by a few minutes, so they weren't really worried about him taking over the lead or doing anything getting way far enough that he'd be able to upset the GC guys. Is Was this a, a mountain stage with a lake at the top? Uh, uh, I wouldn't say a lake. Lagos uh, de Covadonga. That sounds that's like Covadonga Lake, right? That's I what that translates to? I'm sure there's a lake up there somewhere. Right. Obviously, the finish line can't be really next to a lake on a mountain. Right. Because there wouldn't be room for all the equipment and everything that's needed. Um. So all the contenders were squabbling going up the hill? Yeah, just kind of... Uh, um, no one wanted to, to pull. No one wanted to pull, and Yates was getting upset with Quintana. Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, it seemed like uh, some emotions were running pretty high. And then Lopez, the winner the previous day, uh, finished the second, 28 seconds back of Pinot. Uh, Yates, third, 30 seconds. Valverde and Quintana... Kreuswick, uh just behind them, meaning they are the, now the leading five overall contenders as the Vuelta uh, goes into its rest day. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I was going to ask about Quintana, and I wasn't sure if he was uh, – I have a feeling I know what's going to happen here in the next couple recaps, but um, he kind of putters out, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems to be uh, having a harder time. And uh, now that he's uh, uh, aged a little bit and had more um, more races in his life, he doesn't seem to be finishing off the races as well as he did. And and not a lot of notes on um, on Sagan, right? I, I just think you know after two, well, one one and three quarter ways through two tours, right? You know, um, it's got to wear on you. Exactly. Okay, stage 16. Uh, oh, BMC gets a win, huh? 
uh, Rohan Dennis ends up winning the stage. Uh, t- uh, top two overall, actually, Joey Roscoff ended up in second. So fantastic ride by the local. Was this a time trial or was this just a stage? Because those are two time trial guys, right? It's a time trial stage. Okay. Uh, Rohan Dennis stayed in the race. He's preparing for the uh, for the World Championship time trial. So the, the mountainous terrain of the Vuelta uh, worked well. And then uh, and then he uh, – so I believe he won two stages then. Or, no, BMC won a couple of stages. But the, this was the time trial stage, so it gave him an opportunity to win the stage. And I don't know where what, what's up with Joey Roscoff and where he's going next year, but I know Rohan Dennis is uh, – he's, He re-signed with CCC. Okay. Uh, I was reading an article about everybody kind of saying, you know, it's sad to see – the BMC kind of flagship go away. They've been around for 11 years and, you know, it's been a big team, you know, maybe more so earlier in its incarnation than now, you know, they want to tour with, um, what's his face? The Australian guy. Yeah. Kid Evans. Kid Evans. 2011 uh, yeah. with them. So, you know, I don't think uh, Jim Oshowitz is totally disappointed that, that Richie Port or Rohan Dennis are leaving. And uh, I think he's kind of looking forward to the fresh start, you know, where's he going? Rohan Dennis. No, he's going to Bayron. No, uh, Rich- where's, where's Auschwitz going? No, Auschwitz staying with CCC, but Richie Port and Rohan Dennis are leaving. I thought he was, I thought he was gone. He's not the team director anymore. Mm-hmm. No, he's still, he's not the owner of, ah, uh, uh, so Andy Reese, yeah, when he died, died. Jim Oshwitz was the was the owner of cons, Consortium gotcha. Sports, uh, and so really, when the CCC uh, when the CCC gentleman, the Polish gentleman, purchased the team, what he was doing is he was buying Consortium's consent. Sorry, I'm hacking that up. Um, buying the actual owner license. Of, the, of the team gotcha. that owned the, that owned the license. Uh, very similar to how Jonathan Botters isn't the team owner of of EF Education, Drew Pack. Actually, EF Education, the company, owns the outright team, and so that's a that's a way for for the largest sponsor to be able to have control over what's going on. All right, so stage eighteen, Dennis wins, Ross Coffin second, Yates managed to gain seven seconds on Valverde. Um, yep, that's surprising. Yates isn't a good time trial guy. Uh, well, usually Valverde's quite a bit stronger than Yates in the time trial, but Yates is growing older and starting to uh, do better in the time trials. Yeah, I think he's been working on it quite a bit. So, You've got ride of the day came from Chryslick. In the time trial, yeah. He, he gained time on all the GC rivals. Uh, unfortunately, what we're going to find out in the next stage is he gives most of it back. Oh, okay. Um, Quintana was off pace. He's not a great time trial guy. Um, well, he's ridden better in the past, and so it just kind of shows, just kind of shows where where he is physically and emotionally, not being able to gain time on folks. You know, I think if I, I, I think he, if he, I don't think he's taking. I'm, I'm not sure if he's not taking it seriously or emotionally. He can't handle it. But something's going on in these Grand Tours, and he's not doing well. Maybe it's time for a change of scenery. I don't think anything anyone else really can afford him. And yeah. I think he likes being in the Spanish-speaking team. Yeah, without a doubt. Kind of a, 
I think he's a quiet guy, and there really there isn't another Spanish speaking team for him to go to. Right. So not not he, a big one, at least. Well, the, the, really, Caja Royal or the Uskidi teams are the only other two, and they actually speak Portuguese. And Portuguese and Spanish aren't necessarily as similar as you might think. Well, no. The, uh, well, the Uskidel team or Uskidi team probably speaks Basque, which Basque, isn't the I, same I either. Close, is closer to Portuguese yeah. than actual Spanish. Yeah, um, the Greek. So, yeah, tough to uh, t- t- I, I you know, with only speculation about what the gentleman's going through. Right. Uh, I know them hiring Landa wasn't he wasn't super stoked about, but the easiest way to get people to shut up talking about you is to go win some races. Absolutely. <laughs> and Quintana did win that stage in the Tour de France to kind of save their, their day. So it's not like he's having a horrible season. It's just for someone who's gotten second to Chris Froome a couple of times in the Tour de France, it has to be somewhat disappointing to team management and himself. All right. Uh, stage 17, Michael Woods. Uh, second? Tour stage win? Third tour stage win? Uh, that's his first Grand Tour and, I believe, World Tour stage uh, win for Michael Woods. Oh, I, must be mixing, I must be mixing them up. He, well, Simon Clark won the earlier stage for EF Education oh, okay. in, the, in, the, in the Volta. And really, Michael Woods had an opportunity to race his own race because Rigoberto Aran isn't going all that well. Um, what happened to Quintana here on the stage? Just, just ran out of ran out of gas, or did same, he mechanical? Same. He's just kind of in la la land, not able to. He'll try to attack a little bit early. He doesn't get anywhere, and then just doesn't have the juice at the end to stay with the leaders. Uh, Yates wins the or retains the red jersey. Valverde um, got the lead down to twenty five seconds. Yeah. Uh, 18. Stage 18. Uh, Moving on. How do I I pronounce this guy's name? Yell Wallace? Wallace? So you want me to hack it up also? I'm I'm guessing uh, here. (laughs) The Lado Sudal rider wins stage 18. Um, Um, I believe he's... Is it uh, Jell? I think think that's actually Yelle. Yelle Wallace? That's a tough one. Wailaways. Yeah, maybe we should. Well, should we keep hacking it up or should we just move on? Just move on. Um, <laughs> Sorry, sir. I don't mean any disrespect. Congratulations on your stage win. Unfortunately, as Americans, we're prone to mispronunciate everyone's name from other parts of the world. This is just going to, this whole stage we're going to butcher. Um, well, that's why we don't do city names any longer. Right. Because that was just, we were just awful. Uh, it looks like he outsprinted Sven Eric Bystrom from Team Emirates. That's a good name. Yeah, Sven's always always that's an easy. Would you Jessica have a boy? That's what you should name him. No. <laughs> After last week's performance, Aaron Rodgers Vandera. <laughs> What's your middle name, son? Rodgers. It's, it's hyphenated. <laughs> I'm named. I'm named after Bob Rogers' son. <laughs> All right. So your overall leaders after stage 18: Simon Yates in first, Valverde in second, Eric, Enric Moss of Quick Step Floors in third, a minute 22 back, Miguel on Angel Lopez of Astana, 
Stephen Kreiswick, Nairo Quintana, Ion Izagari, Rigoberto Aran, Thibaut Pino, and Tony Gallopin. Uh, we already talked about Quintana. With three stages left, does he have a shot or no? Valverde has a shot at winning, yes. Valverde's got a strong shot. Quintana does not, no. Quintana's already... Does he ride in support of Valverde at this point? Yes. He's already admitted to such. Okay, cool. Um, All right. So we've had... uh, We'll talk a little... We'll move into soccer now. Uh, All right. So Atlanta United uh, off still. I forgot we, we had a bye week last week. Looks like they're up Saturday against Colorado. Um, I didn't look at the spread. I'm not taking that game this week. I don't know what to expect out of Atlanta. I hope we see a um, more focused effort than the last time they were on the field. Well, they've had some time to regroup. Time's time to regroup. Some um, international friendlies were uh, some of the guys were – Playing elsewhere, I know Joseph Martinez played against Colombia and Panama for Venezuela. How are those games? I didn't even know they were playing. There was a lot of friendlies. The days that the U.S. played, there were friendlies, other friendlies, a bunch. Yeah, I remember seeing that, but I didn't remember seeing a uh, Colombia-Venezuela type. Well, you know, the only reason I know about that is because of the people I live with. (laughs) The Valenzuelans? Yes. Um... While we're talking about it. so U.S. men's men's national team had two games. Um, they played Brazil on was it Friday night? Uh, was it Thursday? Thursday or Friday? I think it was Thursday. You're right. I think it was Thursday. Um, Neymar and the boys were in town. <laughs> Neymar and the boys sounds, uh, sounds like a bad a bad, bad new kid on the blocks. Backstreet Boys and Neymar. Cu- and the, and couple the, couple positives <clears throat> from this game. Uh, Zard is back in the lineup. Um, DeAndre Yedlin back in the lineup. Um, Zach Steffen starting in goal. Um, other than that, not a lot of good. Uh, you and I were discussing through text the idiot that was announcing the games. I actually tweeted at him. <laughs> did he respond to you? He did not. Uh, I, as I expected, he wouldn't. Coward. No, it's I'm a nobody. <laughs> no, but, but your thoughts, your you thoughts know, were correct. I'm I'm really getting tired of the rhetoric that we need to bring Michael Bradley back. We need to bring Josie Altador back, and we need to bring now. Now it's because those are his buddies that he played with at, when he was with the U.S. national team. Well, I think I I, I kind of think this is similar to the cycling situation where. Phil Liggett was so defensive of Lance Armstrong because that was the time that he announced. And so for this announcer, and I forget his name, I think that he feels because those were the people that helped him through his career that he worked with or was chosen by or was coached up by or was selected by that for some reason he, for some reason he feels that he needs to mention how they should be involved in something. Do Holden. And he has zero clue that when you lose, you lose to Panama and you lose to Trinidad and Tobago and you only needed to win one game to go to the World Cup. That's the time where you have to finally admit that this is not that was not the route to take any longer. 
and thank you for your service. Appreciate you guys doing what you did, but we're moving on. Yeah. And and unless USA Soccer gets that, it's never going to get it's never going to improve in the near future. Now, the other thing that was bothersome about what he was saying on the air was the thought process of bringing maybe it's time to bring Bob Bradley back. Oh my god. At that point, I lost my shit. You know, you know what that's you know what that's like, Mike. That's like someone coming in and me changing their flat tire and me throwing their old tire in the trash can, and then someone bringing in a brand new F10 and they need a new tire, and me grabbing the used tire that I just threw away out of the box and putting it on a brand new nice F10. That makes zero sense. It's like bringing back Dom Capers. Is he available? <laughs> I mean, it makes it, it, it makes the, zero sense. It's the, that, that, okay. that logic. That logic. That logic is is a loser mentality. How many that times is, are we going to do this? We did this with with um, Bruce Arena. It did not work. Well, there was no other option, really. So uh, I'm not sure people, that there's always another option. Mm, not. Uh, I disagree with a national team like that. I don't. I don't think you can just grab. One of the MLS coaches, American MLS coaches, or or do that. I agree with trying to do the use the retread tire coach to try to get into the World Cup, get through the World Cup, and then move on. Yeah, it, I agree with that thought. I think I think it's the best option for those players. You know, it was clear that Klinsman lost the team. Yes, but well, you he didn't give a crap any longer. You. You had time. And, you know, honestly, I think some of Klinsman's demise is the fact that that Lowe was doing so well as the national team coach for Germany. I don't think it had anything to do with the United States. I think it was his emotional journey with someone else being successful with Germany. With his emotional journey with someone else being successful with Germany. Right. Try well, to say that three times. and I, I think he tried, like he tried to do it his way, and then he started contradicting himself, and it made no. At that point, it was he lost everybody because he. He was well. He obviously didn't have a plan like he thought he had a plan. Oh, he had a plan and he abandoned it. Well, that doesn't that doesn't. It's better to work. It's better to work a bad plan all the way through a cycle than it is to try to change your plan three times. Yeah. In in it, it just is. It, it it's not fair for everybody to to oh all of a sudden this is the players that I want. So you know, halfway through a cycle and it doesn't work that way. What what what's make what makes this even funnier is. Stu Holden, during the game, while he's saying this, says, oh, and Alexi's down there on the sideline listening. Because I believe this is right when they're going into the first half. <laughs> and he's like, Alexi completely disagrees with me. So you've clearly got one guy who has his own podcast, who does the between the, peer, between the halves, you know, pregame, postgame, who knows what the hell he's talking about. And then you've got this guy in the booth spreading yes. just terrible ideas. I, I don't know who cuts that guy's check for that game, but they should be really disappointed. Well, the worst part is he's the Atlanta United announcer. I thought that's who that was. Well, as I'm reading his bio on Twitter, I'm like, oh, this totally makes sense. And remember, I thought he was a chick? Yes. You were calling him a girl. <clears throat> well, I thought it was. I thought well, it was I mean, one of the U.S. He's 120-pound pipsqueak that played for the U.S. national team. Yeah, at this point, I'd rather I'm gonna just call, bring, I'm going to call Arthur. We can't have this any longer. 
I, I, at this point, I'd re- you know, if, if this is what we're going to do, just bring back Landon Donovan. Well, if he at least, at least it'll be entertaining. Does he want to play? Well, he's playing in Mexico. I don't think he's really playing, playing though. Okay, well, back, back, back. To, so, U.S. ends up losing two to nothing to Brazil. Um, the the highlight of the game was DeAndre Yedlin after he took Neymar out on a play that he really didn't take him out on. Saying to the ref, and I don't know if you saw this, he mouthed to the ref, you watch the World Cup, right? <laughs> and then he pointed at Neymar. <laughs> As Neymar's clutching his ankle and rolling around on the ground. And then the ref kind of looked at him and nodded, and, and they both kind of laughed and walked away. So that, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, it, at this point, we're trying to find something uh, to build off of. Um, well, we really just need to let the kids play. I agree. I agree. When you're re- when you're rebuilding, you just put the best eleven athletes that you have on the field. Well, and you I, let them play. I don't think we're doing that. I think what they're doing is they're trying some new new faces to kind of get them some experience, and you know these these are friendly, so they're not. You know, I think if we get to a point where we're playing in a a qualifier, you know, half of these guys are out, but. Hey, let's give these guys a shot. See what they can do. See if they can, see if they can do anything. If if they're worth developing more or putting more time into, you know, like Weya's Weya looked decent. Um, the kid who scored in the Mexico but game I, actually I played, made a really great play to score that goal. I agree that we need to play more thug football, soccer. We need to like, play. We're th- larger. We're more physical. We're we we aren't necessarily faster. But we need to play more physical. We need to, we need to play Central America soccer. soccer. We need to be physical. Yeah, we we need to do what we did to Mexico and intimidate them, and we need to get in their heads, and that's how we're. That's how I feel. We need to go in the next cycle because that, we just don't. We don't have any strikers. That's a great tra- that's a great transition into the Mexico game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we I, just don't. We don't have. We don't have anyone that's that gifted at scoring goals. And even, how do you say it? Uh, Pulisic. Pulisic is going to be a goal scorer, but not in the way that, not in the Ronaldo, Messi, like, like some super creative kind of goal scoring thing happens when three people around him and he just works it out. We don't have, we just don't have that. No. Well, this is not our style either. Well, we just don't. I don't. I think if we had the athletes like a like he's, a, like he's going to be more like a Landon Donovan type scorer. He's a, the, exactly, and that's a, that, and that's fine. But we need to play that style. We need to play that style of soccer. The midfield just, and this is what I dislike about Michael Bradley. The midfield needs to play like they care. Like yeah, you're, the ball goes no further than right here. <laughs> Either you or the ball is not going any further than here. Well, and, and the thing I'm noticing is we're following falling back into the Bob Bradley style of play yes. where there's no transition in the midfield. They're, None. They're playing we're, – we're attacking with three guys instead of seven and defending with not, with eight. And the passing's just been awful yeah, for it's been, years now. Yeah. Years. And, and the set pieces aren't good. Now, I will say, again, the goal that we scored against Mexico – I want to say the kid's name is McKenzie. Sounds right. He made a tremendous run for midfield and just put himself in the right spot 
Yes. And it was just a really nice, I think it was a missed pass, <laughs> but it went to the right spot and well, the, the kid think, just finished. I, I really don't think Mexico thought anyone was going to be able to get to it. Right. And so. Now, the, the other thing, to back to your point about playing a little bit tougher and, and bigger and um, the play on the kid that was playing defense that already had a yellow card on the, the young Mexican 18-year-old that was in the game. He made a clean tackle. Yes. The kid from Mexico didn't like it and got in his face. <laughs> and I'm not kidding when I say this. The, the guy playing defense for the U.S. was a foot, maybe a foot and a half taller than him. Well, I guess I guess the, the Mexican player was actually listed at 5'5". Five five. Yeah. And so... Well, th- this guy was six... He, was, he had a he had a foot on him at least yes. close to a foot, um, and then that that got a little chippy, and then not not five minutes later, Mexico gets a red card, which was right. in my opinion a bit of a questionable red card because the way he tackled and got the ball, it just diverted his foot. He was spikes up. I didn't think it was a red card, but it was definitely a yellow. I was surprised he got a red card. Yeah, I mean it was it was. An, I think I, I listen. Think, I I just think it because it happened so. So soon after the earlier penalty, I think he just wanted to get he wanted to get control of the game again. Yeah, and and I think if the ref had seen it a second time, he might have said, "Ah, it's probably a yellow card." It looks like the ball just kind of it was the replay a, it was, was a really awkward. Play. Everything yeah. about the play was just awkward. Yeah, uh, his spikes were up, but no big deal. Hey, so uh, good win for the Mex for U.S. against Mexico. I didn't think it was very fun to watch. I thought the soccer was really bad. On both sides of the ball, um, I was actually texting with Conley and saying this this first half is just miserable to watch. Um, it wasn't creative. It wasn't fun. Uh, I, I think we're really spoiled watching Atlanta United play every week where it's end-to-end and a lot of fast breaks and a lot of odd man breaks and a lot of uh, long passes that, that turn into to odd man rushes and, you know, it, it – it's it's tougher to watch these games because they're going to be one nothing. They're going to be two nothing. Two. So it's one. international. It's right. international style of play, and that's, you know we're getting three and four and five goals in these Atlanta United games, and it it, it yeah. makes. Well, these guys don't. These guys also haven't been together very long, or right. or know who they're going to play with. And Atlanta United now has been together for almost two full seasons. Yeah. With most of their players, so you have to give some. You have to give them the benefit of the doubt there. Um. If Bob Bradley comes back, do you watch U.S. soccer? Never again. I told Brian if Bob Bradley comes back, I go to the outlet store and I get my Mexico goal, my Mexico jersey, and that's my team. I say we go to Canada. Canada's not going, only going to qualify for one World Cup, and that's it's the fine. one, the that, one that we host, the, <laughs> the one, one that's host. here. <laughs> I say, I say we go there. I can't go to Mexico. Why? Mexico's closer. I I can't do it. <laughs> If 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 the U.S. Soccer Federation is going to betray me like that, Can I'm, I root? I'm I'm rooting for Switzerland. Then that's so neutral. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything you want to say here about the soccer, the football matches, the soccer games? I thought I expressed my views very coherently. I, I just didn't know if you had anything else to add. We'll we'll, see, we'll hear. We'll have to hear what Crabby uh, says about it. I'm sure he's of the same opinion. He's usually. Pretty close on 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 our feelings uh, about it. 
All right, NFL. Big weekend. Big weekend. Opening weekend for the NFL. Everybody's in action. Everybody's Jump on the bandwagon now because the Cleveland Browns are undefeated. Choo-choo. Heading out of station. As, as Scott Patton said, they're also unfeated. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote back, is that even a word? And it is, I looked it up. It is a word. <laughs> is it? Yes. Wow. He went to the he went to the uh, he went to the dictionary for that one. Wow! <laughs> um, in a game that no one wanted to win, the Cleveland Browns tied the Pittsburgh Steelers twenty-one to twenty-one. Both teams missed field goals in, now, in the oh, overtime. I went to the sports bar just to watch that game. I I had it on my iPad. I found it on the stream on Reddit, and I was watching it uh, on there. I watched the entire game. And I, I, was just, I was trying to, but they switched TVs on me at Hudson Grove. <laughs> you, well, you and I were texting about it, which was <laughs> even better. Um, the Cleveland Browns looked pretty bad on offense in that game, but pretty great on defense in that game. Well, it is the Steelers. I mean, and the conditions weren't fantastic. It was raining. Pretty hard. I think it was raining most of the game. Yes. The defense and, looked great, though. I thought I thought both teams were were doing their were were just doing their best for the conditions, and you could tell a lot of players were gassed by the end of that game. Oh yeah, like like completely gassed. Um, Packers comeback. I went to bed at halftime. So did Jessica. <laughs> I. So me and me and me and Giovanni. A lot of times when I wake up, a lot of times when I wake up in the morning, you know, you do that kind of like, oh, I wonder what that Packer score was. You know, did they win by fourteen? Did the Bears win by fourteen or so? The yeah. Bears <laughs> win by fourteen, or did they win by forty? Yeah, and I and then I pulled it up, and it was twenty-one twenty. I no, was like, 20, what? The? Twenty-four twenty-three. I was like, what? The? So. Just at halftime, she's like, I'm not watching this. Rogers isn't coming back. I'm going to bed. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm just going to stay up for a little while longer and see what happens. So I'm watching it with Giovanni, her brother. And he's going nuts because he, does, you know, he, barely, he's, he doesn't know football that well. And he watched football with me all day on Sunday. And he's, he's like going nuts as they're coming back. And I'm like, this is just, this is just perfect. So I'm leaving. <laughs> I text Jessica right before I go to bed, hoping that she's going to look at her phone in the morning. And she doesn't. Wow. So I'm getting ready to leave and I walk upstairs. She's feeding the baby. And I look at her and she goes, I go, they won. She goes, what? I go, Packers, they won the game. She goes, no. I go, 24, 23. She goes, she looks and she's like, no way. She goes, did Rogers play? I'm like, yep. He came back after half. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> he His leg looked a little weird. He was able to put some pressure on it, but then wasn't. Uh, I thought for sure. He had he had blown something out like like I was thinking the way he went down it looked like maybe his patella. I thought it was lower than that. I was more in the ankle region. Um, um no, just the way he kind of got rolled over on his leg and, and the way the knee joint kind of twisted. Um, just because I've done it three times, you know, none of it was good. And the way he the way he kind of popped up and was limping off, I thought because typically you tear it. And then just, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be trying to get off the field like that. No, but you, I, uh, yeah, it's 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 a like it's weird, it's really odd. But it looks like he's got a strained a sprained knee, 
Um, as of today, he hadn't practiced this week, but like you said before we came on, that's probably the bet for the best for him, just to get the rest. Yeah. You know, with him, the reps. You know, he looked like terror. He looked like awful in the first half, but was like God in the second. And that well, yeah. Well, you probably Again, didn't, I didn't watch any replays. Um. I mean, his second half stats were disgusting. Um, who's the coach of the Vikings? Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. So, <laughs> somebody asked him this week, what are your thoughts about playing Aaron Rodgers this week? He goes, or if Rodgers is going to play this week, he said, well, he walks on water, so he'll definitely be out there. <laughs> oh! Good um, for him. Yeah. Um, coaches on the hot seat. Thoughts? Mm, I was. I put it in more to hear your thoughts. Um, is Sean McDermott going to make it through this year for the Rams? No, McDermott's the Bills, isn't he? No. Who's the Bills coach? He. No, you're right. He's the coach. He's not going to make it through the year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he took him to the playoffs last year. Um, first time in how yeah, long? But that playoff spot is currently occupied by the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody on that team is going to make it back, players included. Wow. Except for Josh Allen, the quarterback. I, I, did, I, 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 mean, I was texting my dad just to check in on him right after the first half because they didn't get a single first down in the first half. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> He goes, this is really bad. He goes, I'm. It really reminds me of the old Buccaneers situation. Yeah. Like the Ray Perkins kind of years. And, you know, Steve Young was the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a while and was awful. Um, do you remember on the when we had him on and he said he used to be a Browns fan? Who? My dad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he was halfway between Buffalo and Cleveland. He would get all the Browns games on the radio. Right. He goes, I'm 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 going back on the Brown I'm a Browns fan again. And my mom's like, Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. that was pretty entertaining. Because he I uh, dad, I don't think they're winning a game this year. He goes, I think you might be right on this one. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he I, I don't think he's in a very good situation. Um I don't think Gruden's coming back after this year. I, I don't think he can write that ship. Yeah, but he's getting paid. He's the highest paid coach in the league, isn't he? Yeah, but if he wins four games, is it worth keeping him? He's got a 10-year contract, Mike. Oh, shit. That's a 10-year contract. That's just stupidity. That's why That's why Gruden, that's why Gruden came back. <laughs> Who lasts longer, John Gruden or Marvin Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis is unfireable in, Cle- in Cincinnati. Well, Marvin Lewis will actually get another opportunity somewhere. Um, probably, you know, Wade Phillips style where he kind of like take, he like becomes a de- defensive coordinator for Mike Marlarkey in, uh, in the Tennessee Titans. And then Malarkey gets fired and then, and then Marvin Lewis leads him to the playoffs and then gets a four year contract kind of deal. You know, what about, um, did your, your boy, your buddy Andy Reid won, right? Oh, in Kansas city. Yeah. I think they had a big win. Yeah, he'll make it. He'll make it through the year. Um, coach in Denver. I don't. They didn't win, did they? Or, or did they win? I can't remember. <coughs> I'm 
I don't believe they won, but the quarterback play was better. Oh, who's the Giants coach? Oh, sure. Matt Patricia. He's, no, not, he's, not going, he's not going Sorry, away. I thought you said Giants. Patricia signed a four-year contract. Yeah, he's he's going to He's going to get at least two years. Stafford did not look good. Well, who, who, <laughs> who knows what he... You know, he might be still thinking in another language. Um verbiage from Jim Caldwell days yeah, and, and then trying to translate it to Patricia plays. And then I, it, that's what it looked like to me was he was, he, he, he was thinking a whole lot and he, he wasn't all that protective of the ball to begin with. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Does he play this year? Well, yeah, he doesn't become a free agent unless he, unless he comes for the 11th game and signs the contract. Does he play for the Steelers? They're not going to trade him. They're not. You don't think they're going to trade him? Not unless they're like two and not unless they're like two and nine when they come in. Well, okay. Here's here's my thought process behind this. James Conner, the backup, um, who went to Pitt. The great story about this kid. He, he had cancer and came back. Um, I don't say junior year. He got can- cancer. Came back. Played senior year. Had a great year. Got drafted by the Steelers. Comes in. Um, had a really nice game. I want to say he had like 130 all total yards and at least one touchdown, if not two. Right. Um, if this kid puts up another strong performance this week, why not trade him and get as much as you can? I mean, you you can't. You could because there's to, no there's really no one to trade him to because everyone knows what situation Pittsburgh. Yeah, is. but you can get an at least a number one for him, right? No. Come on. No. He's a disgruntled. The The only way that would work would be if he went to the team that would be able to sign him and wanted him. And I don't think there's any team that wants to deal with him. There's got to be a team out there that's got plenty of space that would take him. That, Maybe that he would go to. Or, who, who are you thinking? Um. Well, you know they're not going to trade him within the AFC. Right. Um. Well, not not the AFC North, but maybe yeah. But like you, Buffalo probably has room for him, but they're not gonna. No, you know, they don't, he's, he's they, not. They he's not gonna go. He's assets. not gonna go there. It's gonna have to be someone that has it's a, a contender to win the Super Bowl if they had him. Um, I was trying to think of where exactly. Just a minute, I'm right. No, I I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but. I, there's there's got to be like one team. No, maybe it's the Chiefs. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Andy Reid wants to deal with it, and they probably can't afford to yeah. sign the long term long term deal, anyways. Who could use a running back? It, maybe you're right. Maybe it is Seattle. That's the only person. But they're cap strapped. That, they can't afford them. They're they're paying off contracts of guys that aren't playing. Right. So they would have to. They would. It would only be if maybe Seattle was like five and five or six and four, you know, and they and the NFC West was super weak. Um, like even the Rams don't get out to a great start, and then they might try to do something like that. It's not the Chargers. It's not the Rams. It's not Denver. No, the Redskins would be stupid enough to try something like that. But the Redskins have Adrian Peterson. Yeah, but he's not going to work out. And Chris Thompson. Yeah. Yep. 
No, it's, you know, it's look. It's, you know, it's nobody in the NFC least. Dallas, Philadelphia, New York, Washington. <laughs> None of those guys are going to take him. Mm. It's nobody in the Falcons division. They've all got really good running backs. Yep. Um, except, well, the the Bucks have a young guy, right? Yeah, but their offense isn't that that, that cutter offense isn't based upon having uh, between the tackles kind of the Lions. Not the Lions a, might have to do something. Not a contender, though. Right. The Vikings are good. The The Packers would never take him. He yeah. doesn't fit there. And, and, and Chicago's got two good running backs. Well, Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy doesn't call running plays. Right. But it's, he, could, he could run him in the slot. You know, he's a good pass-catching back. But the, he doesn't fit in Green Bay. The, the, the way town, he works. The town, not the reason the he's such a good pass – the re- the reason he's such a good wide receiver is the fact because he's so good at running the ball. Right. If he wasn't if he right. wasn't so good at running the ball, then he wouldn't be Yeah, but there's guys that are good at running the ball that aren't good pass catchers. True, but for him he's if, perfect. If he wasn't as good at at running the ball, then it wouldn't matter that he caught it because everyone would just key up on that. Yeah. So it's actually the fact that he's such a good running back that allows him to be a good You've you've convinced me he's not getting traded. <laughs> You're Sorry. right. You were right. <laughs> Over under on Bills winning games, two and a half. They'll win two games somewhere. The over under is two and a half. Is it? No, I'm just throwing it out there. Oh. I, I knew you said they'd win two. That's why. I, I knew you said two. they might not win three. <laughs> yeah, they'll win. They'll win two. You okay. know how the league is. Uh, college football. You're not very happy about college football. I haven't seen nothing. In, nothing intrigues me. You know, Georgia Tech's not playing well. Um, Georgia looks really good, but they haven't played anybody. Well, oh, they played South Carolina, they, but they whooped up. That's on fine. Them. I mean, Will Muschamp coaches that team, which is like a another retread tire coach. Clemson, Clemson looked good. Um, good. but they, n- nobody is really playing anyone right now. You right. Know, it, it's tough. You got a good one this weekend, Notre Dame Vandy. Gross. Vandy looks pretty good. Gross. Notre Dame looked really bad against Ball State, but it, it could have yeah, been yeah. look ahead. Van, do you have Vandy winning the SEC East? Uh, no. I have Georgia winning the SEC East. Okay. I have Vandy maybe second or third. Florida maybe second. Vandy maybe third. No, Florida's not winning. Florida's not winning two games in the SEC this year. Okay, so you've got South Carolina, no. Tennessee, no. Florida, no. Is Missouri the other team? Yes. No. So Vandy's the second best team in the SEC East. Yes. It might be Notre Dame this week. It's an out-of-conference team. They got a good defense, and Notre Dame's offense does not look very good. <laughs> Brian Kelly doesn't have him coached up yet. Well, so... You know, what year is he on? Huh? What year is Brian Kelly on? Six, maybe seven. Wow. Um, Are they still playing, paying Charlie Weiss? No, I think they're finally out, out from underneath that contract. And uh, <laughs> and Tyrone Willingham. I'm surprised they didn't hire Charlie Weiss's son. <laughs> he might be with the Patriots. <laughs> Kansas might be still paying Charlie Weiss. They could be. Um, 
They played Ball State this week. They scored 24 points. Kansas? And won 24-6. No, Notre Dame. Oh. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Um, it was probably a look-ahead game. They are probably just prepping for Vandy. Once you, uh, once you move to Mexico, you'll have to uh, you'll say no bueno. <laughs> Muy no. malo. Muy malo. Muy malo football. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this white guy watching American football? <laughs> All right. Um, Ask Farman and Bevo. We've got a couple uh, leftover questions from last week that came in late. Uh, Steve Hill wanted us to chat about um, Vogel, the Christina, female. Christina Vogel. German champion? German Olympic sprint champion. Um she actually had a, a pretty death-defying experience um, earlier in her career uh, that took a lot of surgeries and a long time for her to come back. And then, unfortunately, um, she was doing a sprint effort, and another rider came onto the track, and and they collided. And unfortunately, she's paralyzed now from the waist down. So just awful. Yeah, just uh, horrible, horrible and, news. And. What was the other rider doing? Uh, no one's really, no one's really sure. Um, uh, so it sounded like someone was on the warm up track and was coming out of the track, um, and she was in the middle of an effort where she couldn't slow down any longer. So, all you kids out there listening, pay attention to the track. <clears throat> Barman yells every time I'm at the velodrome. <laughs> All you it's not because I'm yelling. All you crabby kids out there listening, <laughs> do my best pretty... Don Cherry impersonation. Nice. <laughs> Pay attention to the track. Way. You don't want to get hurt. Yeah, and be conscious of other riders and what they're doing on the track. You know, when you're at the track, doesn't mean it's all about you. You need to be be aware of what other people are trying to accomplish on the track at that time. Uh, Nick Luther wanted to ask you about your uh, USA Cycling membership. Did yeah, I get, um, did I get that right? Yep, my license number five three zero five four, and Nick is welcome to sponsor me for a basic <laughs> membership that goes that goes into helping US USA athletes uh, compete in in uh, in World Cup type competition. Wait, aren't you already a member? Uh, it's something they kind of came up with as kind of a like if for someone who isn't racing any longer but wants to still keep. Wants to still participate or help, but aren't you already participating and helping? Yes, I already have have a (laughs) official license and a rider's license. This is like this makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we so just to give everybody a little background. Sorry, we didn't get the Ask Barman and Bevo questions out there earlier. I completely forgot we were recording. Um, Mike called me at nine fifteen, and I was like, "Hey, what do you want?" (laughs) <laughs> so no, I just I just call people with this headset on for no reason. Yeah. So, um, bet with Bevo for this week. So the game I picked was actually this weekend, not last weekend. <laughs> so, Bar- <laughs> Bar- I, I can't believe it was, it was on the betting board. A, a betting board ten days ahead of schedule. Um, so bet Barcelona this weekend minus one. Um, I'll, I'll go through so. I thought I got one of my games wrong because the spread was changed at game time by 
four points. Uh, but I actually, based on what I said on the on the podcast, if I would have bet it then, I would have gotten it right. Um, I will let you know I do have a gambling account set up, and I am betting actively now. Is that a disclaimer? No, I'm just telling you it is up and running, and I'm up $68 after last weekend. Wow. Um, all right, so we went with Alabama and the under at 66 and a half, and they scored 54 points, or 64 points, so I got that one right. Um, right. I went with R.J. Bell's picks, Cincinnati plus three and Chicago plus seven and a half, and I got both of those right. That puts Bevo. I won't count those picks. So my actual pick, I got right. So I'm at nine zero and three on the year. I'm one zero and zero on foot, college football, and with his picks, I'm two and zero on pro football. And hopefully, we'll keep this train going this weekend um, with Barcelona beating Real Sociedad. Um, we we got two gambling sites following us on Twitter now. Whoa! <laughs> In the last really? three three days, I think two different ga- gambling sites started following us on Twitter. Wow! They must have heard that we had some of Drew's picks. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Drew. Uh, Drew will be joining us in the next few weeks. Nice. Uh, his uh, his media ban has been lifted from from his previous employer. Um, I told him we wanted to do a segment: bet with Bevo, bet with Barman, bet with Borland, and he was all all on board. And just I just need one pick from you every week. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll start working. So is there on- a bet, bet with Bevo, bet with Drew? But I, I wanted to keep it bet with B, so bet with Bevo, Barman, and Borland. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, you know, Drew Drew went about – he probably went about 75% on Saturday betting on college football, and he probably bet on about nine games. And I think he, he got one of those wrong because I pushed him into betting on Notre Dame against Ball State. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we've got that coming up. Uh, I'll see him this weekend, uh, on Saturday and, and most likely and discuss with him then what we want to do. Um, Barcelona minus one this weekend, Saturday, I, the game is at ten fifteen on Saturday. So, uh, for those out there taking my picks, um, are you sure, are you sure it's this Saturday? Um, they, I was surprised it was out there 10 days ahead of schedule. So, wow. I checked it. I double checked it. It is definitely this Saturday. Um, so not as good as the time that the game never occurred. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, let, we forgot about Serena Williams. Let's chat about her real quick. Yes, sir. Your thoughts on the incident? A total lack of class. So here's my uh, opinion. Her coach was coaching. She may or may not have seen him coaching. Uh, and that's that's why she overreacted the way she did. Um, but it's something that you and I have chatted about for months. Getting in the referee's face and yelling at the referee is not doing you any favors. All right. So, so the way I think about it is, would Serena Williams have acted that way if she was playing well and winning? Nope. What makes you a poor sportsman is because you're not winning and you're in a different situation, you're willing to do that. Right. That's poor sportsmanship. And, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times you ask people not to boo the person that 
wins later. And it doesn't matter how thank, how happy you are for the other person to win. Your time to show respect to your competitor is is during the event. I, I don't think she realizes that age is going to catch up with her eventually. And it does with every athlete. Who, Tom Brady? Except for Tom Brady. <laughs> and, Did you see and, that? And Vinny Testaverde. Um, uh, on PTI today, Kornheiser and Wilbon asked Steve Young, when are we going to know Tom Brady is slipping? And Steve, Steve, I mean, he's the perfect guy to ask. Really. Yep. And he had some great, great, great follow-up answers. Um, I mean, he's no Vinny Testaverde, but. I, I don't understand why you, why you're going to call someone a thief. The, yeah. the, 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 the chair umpire, he doesn't have any points. He doesn't. He He's not getting points for calling you. Calling you. He, he doesn't have points. He did, he didn't take he didn't take points away from you to give to someone else. He 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 said you misbehaved, and so you're going to lose a point. Uh, she got fined seventeen grand. That's it for three different things. <laughs> it was four grand for yelling at the umpire. It was three grand for breaking a racket, and it was ten grand for I can't remember what the third thing was. I guess those might be those might be um, uh, because not everyone makes as much money as Serena Williams. Those might be penalties that are across the board for any athlete that breaks that rule. Right. So. Um. Any oh, we talked about Kaepernick on the last show. We don't have to talk about that. It's not Kaepernick isn't worth speaking about. He got a second endorsement deal. So with Ford, what did what does he do? <laughs> he's he's a what, what is he going to be known for? <laughs> Kneeling. Is that really how he wants to be known as the guy that kneeled? <laughs> I'll say this, and I'll end the show on this. He'll be known for standing up. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> For his beliefs. I'm surprised I'm so, we didn't hear more from Trump this weekend about people kneeling. He's got his own problems. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, uh, I'm so confused about Kaepernick. Yeah. I just, and honestly, I was at, Actually thinking about this the other day, I honestly feel the same about Tim Tebow as I do about Colin Kaepernick in the fact that Tim he's Tebow, stealing from from somebody. <laughs> Tebow is he's no reason he should be playing baseball. He should be playing football. He should be a fullback. He should be. I, I totally believe that he'd be as good as Mike Allsott was in the in 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 that role of football. And for whatever reason, he just chose not to do that. He will be in football next year. Tim Tebow? Yes. Why does Denver need a quarterback to take him to the playoffs? I just said he'll be in football. I didn't say he'd be in the NFL. I just said he'd be in football. Uh, I don't. I just don't know the end game. I don't know. I don't know Spurrier has already told him he will be his starting quarterback oh. <laughs> in okay. the AAF. In the in the Alf. 
Yeah. Isn't that what we were calling it? I think it's AAF or AAFL. I I just don't understand the end game. Uh, What I guess Colin Kaepernick enjoys the spotlight and the notoriety more than he enjoys playing football. It 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 it's. Why else would you take those endorsement deals? Right. I mean, because you're not endorsing him for how well he plays football. <clears throat> well, it, it's just, if you look, it was a really quick rise and fall with him. He was unbeatable at, at, at times. On the I didn't think so. I, 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 watching him play, I didn't get that feeling. He took, he took the Niners all the way to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they lost in the Super Bowl, but. The only yeah. reason they lost is because Jim Harbaugh played his brother. Right. It but had nothing to do with Colin Kaepernick. What, there was a two-year spell where he was in the league, and watching him play against your team was just agonizing. Right. Well, watching him play against Dom Capers' defense was agonizing. Well. Because all you've got to do is change the defense and put a spy in and put somebody <laughs> fast enough to catch him, and that's your spy. And that's how you that's beat him. And Dom I, well, Capers refused to I do mean, it. that's what teams do against Aaron Rodgers, and it doesn't work. Well, Aaron Rodgers – is a better quarterback. Okay. I'll agree. But again, again, a guy like that, why couldn't he adapt and play running back or wide receiver? You know, he had my, my, my personal opinion is Jim Harbaugh had coached him up so much that no one's ever going to be able to get the same from him. Gotcha. And he he knows that, but he's not willing to go through the process. Yeah. That's what I'm disappointed about. Yeah. Well, I kind of agree with you. I mean, you, you know, you, go go to the CFL if you if you want to shut people up, go to the CFL and show them what a great quarterback you are. Johnny Manziel is doing it. At least well, he's trying. Colin Kaepernick is a thousand times better than Johnny Manziel. I know, so. but at least he's trying. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, That's my point. Yes, yes I'm not. I, I agree you, with that. You, you know, Johnny Manziel came from a big program, so he had a lot of talent around him. Colin Kaepernick came from Nevada. Well, because no other school would take him. Right. But he played well enough at Nevada to get them to a couple bowl games and get himself into the NFL. Yeah, get himself drafted. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think leaps and bounds better talent-wise than Manziel. Yes. But Manziel had weapons around him. True. Better coaches, better programs. Johnny Manziel did some bigger profiles. That was just unbelievable. I think Texas A&M got like named like the top money-making program in college football like today or yesterday. Well, they uh, I think they have been for a little while. Right. Uh, just because of the way that the, the the way the university is set up and the way the oil business works. <laughs> well, I when those guys are flush, they're flush. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you want to chat about? Not that I can think of. I think we covered everything. Okay. Um, and one more reminder for everybody. Spin the District next week. Thursday, <coughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Different events. Is there a website people can go to? Or, oh, yeah. Spin the District. www.spinthedistrict.com. You know, there's a list of events. There's a bar crawl. There's a, a race, a, there's racing a at the Velodrome, handle, a criteria. Handlebar crawl. Handlebar crawl, excuse me. Um, a crit in Hateful Crit in College Park. Yes. So I'll try and make it out Friday. Um, but 
I've got to discuss it with the wife. So that's next weekend. Yes. Um, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Is, so social media stuff. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us uh, on Facebook at Barman and Bevo Podcast. Or, I'm sorry, Barman and Bevo Podcast. Mike, Michael Barman, Michael Vandura on Twitter at underscore Coach Barman at Bevo8771. And our podcast Twitter handle is at Barman, the letter N, Bevo Pod. Um, you can get our podcast just about everywhere. Google, Apple, Podbean, Stitcher. Um, if you want to find, if, if there's any single ladies out there and they want to find Barman. <laughs> I just found out he's out on uh, Tinder. At underscore Coach Barman on t- Tinder. I don't, I don't know Never what his Tinder handle is. <laughs> I don't think you have handles on Sandy Tinder. Springs Assless Chap 69 on Tinder. <laughs> Hold on. We already had the ass Scott, Scott Patton. I'm sorry. Right? Sandy Springs Chaps. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds better. <laughs> it does sound better. I agree. Um, all right. So that does it for episode 55. Um, we may, if, if I can get down to spin the district, we're going to try and do an episode down there next week. If not, most likely we're going to take next week off because Barman is just, you know, is promoting these events and it's, it's going to be difficult to do, um, a podcast with, with his schedule. What we may do is do one the Monday following or the Tuesday following. If we don't do one down at the uh, event, right. That work for you. Yeah. I'll try and remember this time too. Yeah, I'll bring my headsets. I don't know where it happens. Well, if we're together, we don't need a headset. We should be oh, fine. That's true. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, and we'll be back here in a few weeks. Uh, and come see us at Spin the District. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curves Yeah Flattening the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how That's just a Don't understand to keep a show in my hands and not my face on TV. <laughs>